Fellow knowledge seekers, I hope you've had a chance to check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. And if you checked it out, please give it a good rating. It's a wonderful podcast. Water is one of the biggest driving forces of life on Earth. It's been incredibly influential in human history from the time we were hunter-gatherers looking for fresh sources of water to the uh, uh, agricultural revolution and building bigger and bigger cities eventually having plumbing uh, the way that it changed sanitation uh, irrigation and what is the what's the future of water are we going to have enough of this stuff how can we make more clean fresh water i just listened to a very interesting episode alchemy turning milk into water sustainable water management this episode is all about this very candid conversation about water coffee industrial practices sustainable value chain and social responsibilities with uh this man carlos uh galli who Uh, whose job it is to make sure that the biggest food and beverage company in the world is leading a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Incredibly important stuff. You guys are into science. You guys are into learning, caring about the world, caring about our future. This podcast is for you. Check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. Welcome to the Here We Are podcast, everybody. I forgot to uh, do the the new intro with my guest host, Ramin Nazer. I'm glad that I forgot because I'm going to uh, go on and on about how wonderful he is, and that would have been embarrassing for both of us uh, to just confess my love for Ramin Nazer uh, publicly right in front of his face. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it behind his back. And now he's going to have to listen to this. Um, and then he's going to have to decide whether he wants to put it in the podcast or, <laughs> or, or trim it down a little bit, maybe tighten it up. Uh, by the way, I'm not in the most, uh, I'm not in the, I'm not in a sound studio right now by any means. I'm in kind of a loud area in Boston. There's, there's the youth of today outside these windows blaring, blaring their music and causing, <laughs> causing ruckus. So if it's uh, it's a, if it's a little loud, uh, I apologize um, for life. Uh, but uh, these these young kids and their loud music, having to advertise. Uh, we, um, anyway, we've we've heard a lot about that uh, psychology already. Um, <laughs> it's I, I'm so old. I'm 37, and now I'm in a bar, and I'm like ah, this bar's music is way too loud, and it's just like slightly louder than what is just a normal, reasonable uh, volume of music. I just cannot, I can't stand it anymore um, because I'm an old man. Um, uh, but uh, but anyhow, um, I'm, I'm glad that I get to do this intro, just me, because a few things... Ramin Nazer has a new book, which we talk about, Cave Paintings for Future People, uh, which I encourage all of you to get. It's an enormous, uh, thick 340 or, or 384 pages of his art. Um, 
it's two reasons. One, it's awesome, and I'm going to talk about that. But two, um, I, I've talked about what Ramin does for this podcast before. By the way, Ramin Nazer, R-A-M-I-N-N-A-Z-E-R.com. Oh, and he's putting in an offer code, favorite is the offer code. So all you favorites out there can get a 10% discount on his. And actually mine, I'll have him change it to mine uh, as well. Any of my stuff and any of his stuff, 10% off. Um, uh, And then, uh, so one, I've told you about what he does for the podcast before. He he edited uh, audio for the podcast for a long time, but he also put together the website, made, uh, made my coloring book a good trip, and um did like the poster for the good trip which uh everyone loved that poster and made the tour so much more successful just because i had an awesome poster for it and uh but probably what i don't tell you guys about is a lot of the behind the scenes stuff when i have big decisions to make i run them by ramin and more importantly uh because i'm i'm not the most stable person in the world uh i I try to run my ideas um, by Ramin first, and he's been—he's always—he always has a way of putting things. And I'm—I'm I'm often like this very drunken captain of this ship, and I'm now like three months, uh, three months having not drank, looking back and realizing, and like having to clean up all of the mess that I've made um, by just not attending to. Um, and then being a really intense to her and not being able to do like administrative stuff and then looking back at my life and going, oh no, I didn't do a lot of the things that I was supposed to do. And Ramin, whenever... So basically how my brain works is sometimes I'm a genius and then most of the time I'm just trying to remember what it was like when I was a genius or I'm uh, I'm... Uh, an idiot who's insecure and in way over his head. Those are kind of like my three uh, personalities. And uh, man, it'd be nice to be that genius one more often, even though he's a little bit of a prick sometimes. But uh, sure feels good when that brain's really firing and cranking out amazing ideas and just inspired and motivated and uh, trying trying to figure out how to channel channel a little more of that uh in my life but ramin is this person who can just uh <laughs> muster i think i think we have a very similar personality but he's he's able to every day get up and put out a new piece of work and 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 just keep going forward and and i find his stuff very inspiring and also just like creepily relatable he he has this amazing way of articulating um the human experience and ideas about the future and the mind and the ego in these i mean the drawings are like raw but the ideas are so complicated we we talk uh we talk more about that i mean some of the ideas if if like are just very can understand right away and then some of his drawings i've looked at over and over again and uh and i'm still like what does that mean exactly i think i know but 
I want to like call Ramin and ask him what this, where he was coming from when he made this one particular drawing. And that's what I think a lot of great art does is it has a lot of layers to it where you can kind of revisit it and have new looks at it. And so I, I've been going through his, uh, his cave paintings, um, book over and over again and i encourage you all to uh check it out another one of my favorite he he has multiple um multiple works and does and follow him on instagram and twitter and all that good jazz again com. my other favorite we talk about is after you die but he also has uh stripey comics and i love everyone and they're all they're all different styles all really cool stuff um but yeah like um like all good artists i think he's continuing to grow like i'm hoping that i'm continuing to grow with this podcast and my act and i think that this is really uh just the next level taking things to uh, kind of uh uh much more kind of abstract level anyway um and so I, anyway, I just really believe in, in what he's doing and he has been so incredibly helpful for the show and I am not able to pay him nearly as much as what he uh, uh, should be getting because, um, well, frankly, I am broke as hell. Um, and uh, again, drunken cap- captain, um, sometimes, uh, doesn't attend to things that he's supposed to and, uh, gets himself in a financial hole. Um, but, uh, speaking of, um, uh, if you do want to support me, you can go to, uh, patreon.com slash Shane Moss. And I started, oops forgot to turn off my phone i started doing two different podcasts one is uh i'm calling it everything with a question mark where i'm just talking about behind the scenes stuff and then the second one uh and i'm I'm actually trying to put together some new acts and kind of workshopping jokes on there and kind of whatever comes to my mind and I think it's interesting because I'm able to capture some of the highs and the lows. Normally, I'd kind of be a little too embarrassed because some of the highs are real arrogant. And some of the lows, like people, people like feel too sorry for you or you don't want to like worry people. And, and so, uh, you know, those are the extremes are kind of the, the things that are harder to present. And so basically this podcast on Patreon And if you don't want to check it out, that's fine. Um, In fact, I kind of, in my mind, (laughs) the the fewer people listening, the easier it is to do because I'm just trying to be as honest as I possibly can with it. And then I'm also on it releasing um, stories of my DMT experiences and talking about uh, some newfound ideas that I've been stumbling across. So you can check it out there. Um, I don't have it in me to do more free podcasts. In fact, this one I just had to join um, 
uh, well, I'm I'm getting the uh, privilege of joining Feral Audio. Uh, I just have been in over my head with with this, and I want to spend less time on the road because if I stand up is is nice when on the few occasions that maybe once a year you get to see me, but I think I can still pull that off and put more into these podcasts if I'm in a network. Um, podcasts are so nice because you get to hear uh, you get to hear me each week, and now you get to hear uh, multiple podcasts each week if you so desire. And so um, it's it's occurring to me that spending that if I can make money off of doing this, then I can spend more time on on uh, these projects. So you can just get more content. And that's the only way that I can think to put more content out is to start monetizing it. So that's a, that's a new shift that's kind of been in the works for a while um, and is uh, coming together. Um, also, uh, uh, check out the Laughable app if you have not um, yet checked them out. And with that, enjoy today's episode are we yes where are we here why are we here not entirely clear we are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to get we could call zach right now and figure it out it's immensely bizarre here we You can always, you can always just make a new theme song for this podcast. Oh, why would we do that? Uh, just for fun. You oh, can, I guess we like could. That. But I mean, remember when you were talking to Dell, the funky Homo sapien, on on Twitter yeah. early on, and you I, were almost going to get him to do a song, but then we decided not to because we or not we. You just got Zach and Mike Kaplan yeah. to make one, so yeah, you didn't want to. was like, "I'll make music for you," and then yeah. I was like, "What?" And then, and then I was like, oh, well, I just had... And at first, I wasn't sure that I liked the theme song. And you know why? Why? Because they articulated exactly what I was trying to say perfectly. And then I was like, are those my words? I don't like my words anymore. <laughs> you didn't like the lyrics you wrote for them? Uh, yeah, like I... I oh, so I, I did have it wrong. I did have the theme wrong. No, I... No, you, you had it right. It was... It was uh, it was just that like I wrote out what I wanted them to capture in a song, and then they captured it perfectly. And then I was like, I don't know if that's what I want to capture <laughs> anymore. I don't know if that's like I don't. Do you watch yourself on like tape? Do do I haven't up? done that in at least seven years. That's torture. Yeah, I I can't. I can't. I don't listen to this podcast. I create this podcast and then don't ever listen to it. I'm yeah, it's like, it's hard, but the thing is, I can look at myself in the mirror. I can make faces to live <laughs> like me. Like I'm, I have tons of fun with that. But watching something yeah. I just did, because you're only going to be aware of the mistakes, even if it's point oh oh one percent of it. That's all you can see. <laughs> I met a guy that he cut my hair a couple times. This was, uh, it was a, uh, what was it? 
I don't, I don't even say his name. Maybe he doesn't want to be said, but he does. He does hair and makeup for major motion pictures, and he mm-hmm. can't watch the movies because he notices the the mistakes in yeah. Because the hair uh, changes as one scene to another, and he's continuity. like, "No, like yeah, I screwed it up," and I, no one notices that but me. I had a thing when I went to uh, when I went to the psych ward. I had a thing. Isn't that cool? That you can say that. Now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, street cred. <laughs> Mental illness is like so in and it is. It's, it's really trending. It is. Um, I had a thing that, um, like, if they were, it was like they would have an opportunity to erase my existence if I didn't change. Like, I was trying to change the continuity of the footage by taking a. <laughs> you have like your name on your wrist. Uh, or whatever, whatever they cut the little like bracelet. Thing, yeah, your your all access bracelet. pass. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like ripping it off to put it on the other one, so that if someone was seeing the footage, like in the future or something like that, they would be able to know, like, oh no, that wasn't that was in case they replaced me with a different. I hadn't slept in a really long time. And uh, and that was like one little aspect of one of the crazy paranoias, uh, paranoia episodes that I was going through it was all about continuity. So I was fussing with the continuity and then you just brought that back. <laughs> I'm still processing it. I'm just, I'm just here for therapy. You know what I mean, um, oh boy, same reason you do art. We were talking about um, I was thinking about what I've been thinking about what it, crazy is exactly and uh i I was looking at your work um cave paintings for future people near person you you can get into some crazy town oh yeah right oh but first let's talk a little uh technical real quick can you talk into it like like you're kissing it on its mouth and not in it on the top of yeah, its head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm using. I'm using. You're new, using it as a stand-up micro- microphone. Yeah, you got to use it as a Rush Limbaugh radio microphone. Right, right, or I don't right. even know what kind of microphone yeah. that guy has. Whether he's living or dead, or who cares? Um, last I heard, he told people that a hurricane was a hoax, and then left the area. Like he was in <laughs> Florida and was like, "Hey, everyone in Florida, this hurricane coming. That's a, a they say it's a threat, but it's a hoax." And then he like up and left Florida oh, that's like funny. after that, which is like seemingly a horrible thing to do. But I'm sure there's two sides to every story. Three, yours, theirs, and the truth. <laughs> that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the third voice. But oh yeah, I guess we didn't even. Um, See, this is an interesting well, episode have, to get I in. Been... I feel like I'm too comfortable in it. No, you're perfect. You're okay, right good. Where, you're right where you should be. Well, I have the new... Have you heard the new... You haven't been editing the podcast um, for a couple months now. Have you heard the new format where I have us... After the fact, I have us introduce ourselves and then we edit it and put it in in the beginning so people get like a little preview. No, I guess not. Is. That's yeah. not all of them, is it? Just started to. Okay, yeah, just recently. I've done it like two, two or three. Okay, now, no, then I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, it's mostly because I can't remember people's names and titles correctly, and so I just have people introduce themselves. It's like the laziest. That's the way, way to, to do, do it. it. Um, but you've done. Uh, I've talked about you so many times on the podcast, and then I'm inspired by your work, and I go, and I call you for spiritual counsel. 
when I need it. And uh, sometimes when I think I'm going crazy. And then I tell people, I go, hey, everybody, go and check out Ramin's stuff. And people go, oh, he's probably just saying that. He's probably just saying that to be nice to someone that's helping him out. And I wanted to get you on to be like, no, everyone actually needs to uh, see what you do. And so I thought this would be the first episode where we're not going to... We'll talk a little science. Oh, yeah. I think. No, I think I think we can. I think science can blend into everything. I think science is a tool, or not? I think it's a tool. Science is a tool, and I think that everyone can, even the big scientists or the big popular scientists, say that everyone can be a scientist, right? Like everyone could be a scientist, everyone could be an artist, everyone can be a thing in that moment that you're doing it. Yeah, your your stuff is is uh, inspirational, and also, uh, like you'll have one page where it's like. Where it's like, don't just sit around in bed thinking about this stuff. Get out there. It doesn't matter if you're not good at drawing. Just draw something. And then the next page is like, see all that stuff you drew? There was no point to it at all. Because <laughs> we all die. And I'm like, oh, what? Am I supposed to get inspiration from this? That's how you interpret it. But yeah, that's it's more like um, there should be comfort in seeing the reflection of it that's what i hope for. what do you mean which which if you when i see stuff that oftentimes people see is depressing like oh it doesn't matter and we're all gonna die like there's something comforting about that like it's locked in like there's no escaping that final uh you know relinquishing the matter that you've accumulated on this planet back onto the earth because that's all we did we borrowed you know, matter from the earth to make Mm -hmm. into our bodies. Our parents helped, you know, call us into existence and their parents before them. But we're just, we're just an accumulation of food on this planet hanging out. We're also an accumulation of thoughts on the planet. Like no thought is original. We can spin it into our new ingredients, but like there's no actual, "Mm, I generated that. It's like you hear stuff and you do what you will with it. And then put it back out i know sometimes they cook up such stupid recipes and then you're like ah (laughs) like all this all this matter cooked together into this waste of a soup that no one wants to eat maybe that section of it yeah (laughs) i i uh i I, do you uh do you lay in bed a lot i (laughs) oh oh yeah The Kool-Aid man smashes out and he's lying in bed. Oh, no. I have a lot of trouble. I'm not a morning person. I know. I I hate the morning. I hate the feeling of the world scurrying about. And I think we all know, like... why I love your art so much, because it's like so much of your art really speaks to someone who spends way too much time in bed I've tried not to and I'm still trying to this day you can like ask anyone that knows me well that I'm not good at uh, you know getting up early in the morning getting back to to phone calls and stuff but the the thing with the the daytime you can feel it some people like it some people like the morning of New York City and I can (laughs) feel it I hate the scurrying the sound of it and that's when all the bad stuff happens like people are plotting all the bad stuff signing bills and all that during the daytime it's all yeah but there's also good happening during the daytime I just prefer the silence of night the quiet the the moon the moon is like you know all that yeah well the 
Some some of the nine to five, like when when you have like the negative view of it, it's like oh, I gotta I gotta get up and go to my thing that's ruining the world. There is a little bit of that out yeah. there. That's a little depressing. I've been waking up at a normal hour for the first time in my life. I'm like I like this sun, but I'm also a different person. What's the than reason I was. for that? Um, I shed the person that I used to be, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now. I did. Um, it's the same reason I ended up in a psych ward. I did ayahuasca, and uh, and I like my brain went back in time to all of the embarrassing moments of my life, and every time I had wronged someone, any time I'd even like judged a book by its cover, like just had a bad first impression of someone, and that was unfair. Anytime I talked behind someone's back, like I just relived all of that. It was just like shame and guilt, but also forgiving myself. And it was, and it wouldn't stop for like three weeks. And then it was like every mushroom trip. I had like every mushroom trip that I never properly integrated, like go back again and start integrating at that time in my brain. Yeah, the waiter showed up with the bill. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm sitting there going, how many mushroom trips do I... I'm like, oh, no. How many, how many more do I have left to go through? And then at the end of it, I just didn't care about any of that stuff anymore. It was I was able to just leave it all behind in the past where it belongs. And I do feel like a new person. Even after this, as a new person, do you... Are you still hungry to go back into the psychedelic, heavy psychedelic realms? Because it's like, it's interesting seeing people, like even Terrence McKenna himself stopped taking mushrooms after I think the 80s or something, but talked about it for decades afterwards and was encouraging people to take five grams and silent darkness, huge amounts. But he yeah. himself like got a little too close and was like, oh no, I need to get away from this for a little bit. And But I feel like, you, you, uh, Mike Kaplan also has a big hunger for it. Mike Kaplan is a very big ayahuasca fan, mm-hmm. like loves it, goes, I think every month, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I'm outing him in any way. I think no. he talks about it openly and stuff. And he, he's one of the most open living his life the way that, you know, polyamorous vegan, I think polyamorous yeah, still, but not, he, he lives his life the way he wants to live it and is a good, good person doesn't doesn't want to do harm text people close to him that he loves them all the time he's, yeah he's he's a model human being unless he's murdered people which i don't know about but even if he did murder people he's still i think he's done enough good to yeah he should at least get to murder five people yeah i hope i hope before <laughs> it's all over he gets to murder a few people otherwise he was nice all that niceness for nothing <laughs> what's even the point i um there's a big part of me that cannot wait to do ayahuasca again do you see it as escapism or more like this is going to help me grow no like there there is important like there's very important things that i'm learning from it there was like math that i was able to do i'm not sure that it all added up but i was seeing symbols that seemingly made sense at the time that i thought were important for like humanity um but whatever it was it was I'll say it like this. I have been depressed like my whole life for uh, for all intensive purposes and to be free from that is like I just I don't want to go back 
to that. Like I'd I'd rather go back to a psych ward before going back to the depression of just like not being able to do anything for three weeks and giving up on all of all of it. The the learned helplessness. Yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. I think the listeners should know what learned helplessness is if they're longtime listeners, but for those who don't, it's to summarize it, it's uh I guess the experiment goes, you correct me if I'm wrong, but they, no, they give a series of students uh some tests and uh one the, the the students aren't getting the same test, but they think they're getting the same test. So the students get a half of them get a problem that can be solved. The other half get an unsolvable problem, and then the same thing happens. And then the third one, they all get a solvable problem, but the people who got the one that was unsolvable have kind of been beaten down by life, and they're like, "Those last two were impossible. This one is also impossible. Fuck it." They they just phone that one in and then the people who had been succeeding in the past were like, oh no, this is solvable mm-hmm. so they can do it. So you can learn to be helpless, why it's called learn helplessness after basically yeah. getting a couple of strikeouts, you interpret that as like, oh no, this is the way it always is. You cannot fight the man. The man will keep you down. Yeah, and to have left that behind me and now I was, I was telling you when I, I mean, I see... Now all of these things that I've been like, well, these are hopeless problems. Now I'm like, these are opportunities to learn and grow and to challenge myself. And I see that everywhere now. And uh, But it's so hard to feel it. It's so easy to say that, yeah, yeah it's just another opportunity. It. God closes a door, he opens a window know, or right? whatever the saying is. Like but... I hate all of that stuff. Or, or I have throughout my life, I've like been anti-self-help book. And now I'm like, oh, I like anything that keeps you going and like uh, picks you up a little bit. I mean, whatever, whatever's happening, happening in the whatever chemicals, whatever firing is happening in my brain that is allowing me to not just be completely hopeless and giving up on life. I wouldn't. I'll I'll take multiple more trips to the psych ward to yeah. avoid that. I mean, I think that's the worst. I, it's, it's one of the biggest things that, about this podcast is I'd like people to unlearn helplessness. Yeah, well said. The the Do you feel like the... I don't know if it's we're getting older or if times are getting crazier, but it seems like it's making a big comeback, the self-help, the spirituality, the meditation, the... It's like we're just trying to get through the day as everyone, even the wealthy, the Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington... Uh, Robin Williams doesn't count because he had some kind of specific yeah. disease that was making him hallucinate and be very uh, in a bad place. I know a lot of people say he killed himself because of depression, but I did a little digging and apparently the depression was one symptom of the disease he yeah. had and that was a small one. So he was just battling a lot of yeah. crazy stuff. And so that's kind of what picked him off. But I do you find with your depression that, because I think it with myself, I don't know if it's true, but I feel like if I had lots of money and the stuff that I was doing was succeeding, my depression would melt away and I would use that <laughs> happiness to help other people yeah, with yeah. a big smile on my face. But <laughs> but it doesn't play out like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but then you always go like, well, it will with me. Yeah. It will. I'll, I'll try it. That's what, that's the common, and of course people say that, like, Hey, you know, statistically, people win the lottery, and then two years later, they're back to whatever state they were at before they won the lottery, which oh, of is probably miserable, and that's why they're desperately buying so many lottery tickets. Yeah. 
Um, and people will be like, well, I'll give it a try. And, you know, you're not going to turn down if that does, if that opportunity does happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Then I, then I go, I mean, our brains are so good at justifying things. Like laying in bed, for example, I'll go, I'll go, I'm going to shrink slower. <laughs> you know, like all people shrink. So I'm like, if I just lay down And you're all what, day, six, seven? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I could handle a little shrinking. It'd be fine. Yeah, it's not that bad down here. I'm only five, nine. For the listeners at home that haven't looked up my height yet. Oh, have you oh, ever used an Alexa height. and uh, uh, like ask it stuff like how big is michael jordan and it's like michael jordan is approximately 98.6 kilograms or not exactly but it'll say like uh it's a cool test to see how famous someone is if you ask alexa what like a question about it and if it just comes out with like is exactly has a mass of six you know the end of the statement that is (laughs) it's amazing it's amazing how the yeah, it, it's what what gets captured is dependent on salience. So you you look back at all like okay, what information is there in the world? Well, the more famous a person is, the more minute details matter. Or if you take a lot of minute details and put like ten thousand people experience this small detail then that's important. Or one Michael Jordan equaling a certain height is of equal importance. I was thinking about um, your Cave Paintings book today. Cave Paintings for Future People, which don't you release a new picture on Instagram like every day or something? Every single day, except for some days when I'm feeling not like it. And I can't, (laughs) some days I can't bring myself to do it. And every, for everyone looking at that book, the book's called Cave Paintings for Future People. I feel like Every image I almost didn't make. I almost didn't put something out because... You captured a real sense of that. Like that first... So there's one on my wall there where it's like, just make a decision already so the story can move forward. I remember sitting in this room, almost not posting it because I felt like, oh no, I'm a serious like comedian. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, self-help type of... Why would I post an image saying that like at... At best, it's not going to get much attention. At worst, like the people close to me are going to kind of razz me or something for it. Like, why? Why do that? Maybe like save some of them and then put it out. But at the time, I was listening to a lot of those talks about like if you fear it, then that means you have to go mm-hmm. closer to that thing. So I'm like, okay, fuck it, I'll I'll put it put it out. And it seems like such a stupid thing. Like we're we're afraid to post an image on a platform on. First of all, it's magic. We not we need to appreciate the fact that we're we're talking here and this goes on to an internet that that didn't exist what 25 years ago, maybe it it did a little bit, but not at the scale it is now and it's it's magic. We can't explain how how it works. You you can get a group of people can explain parts of how each part of it yeah. kind of works and then kind of form it together, but as individual hominids, we cannot hold it within our brain how this thing is working. The the, the, and working so well. Yeah. I, I like, uh, 
I mean, the self-organizing information, like Wikipedia is just, I'm not the first, this is like a very trite thing to say, but what an amazing instrument Wikipedia is. It's unbelievable. People used to go door to door with encyclopedias and people that couldn't afford it bought them because the salesman convinced them and used like little psychological (laughs) tactics such as handing them the, the clipboard and with their pen not being sealed so that when they would take the clipboard, the pen would roll down into their hands. So like before they knew it, they're holding a contract with a pen and because you're holding a pen you really want to write something with it and so you justify it in that moment you're like mm, and especially people in the early like part of the last century like we're stupid as fuck now imagine how stupid people were like well plus they had so many words what with all of their encyclopedias <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had all these do you ever think like if I wanted to see a picture of a rhinoceros like 50 years ago you had to own a rhinoceros yeah. have a picture of it <laughs> Or know how to draw one, that's it. Now, if you want a picture of anything, it's it's there, which is, I feel like you have a thought coming. Well, I mean, that's exactly... W- uh, anyway, this, this is what I wanted to ask was, do you think cave paintings were as, like... Do you, do you think people... Do you think the future was always so bonkers to think about? for people or is it this new that we're nearing this singularity is it now because you you do a lot of virtual realities oh by the way i think in the last i think like people have always thought about the future but the the wildness like you know how every future like you go back to maybe the 60s the future looks like the jetsons you go to the Mm -hmm. 80s like there's personal robots and everything's very beige like that's the color they liked and then now it's like the future is this white glossy sterile kind of place it's all themes that we're looking at and none of them are true pieces of them are true but they never actually end up like playing out the way that people in that decade think because some new thing such as the internet the internet came and blindsided flying cars and all that other stuff we were talking about and we didn't even notice it no one was like oh this is the or that, that's a stupid statement. Of course, people were saying it is the future, but there was way more doubters and saying it's a fad. And now it's the it's the infrastructure upon which everything is built upon. It is. It's the things that we look back and we're like, wow, we never saw that coming. Who could have ever seen that? Because I'm sure most K people were like, uh, a spear? What about... A sharper spear. <laughs> you know, and that's like, like that's in a hundred years. Of, yeah. Like one day there'll be a really sharp spear. No, there couldn't be. No, like generations <laughs> from now, I'm saying they'll have the sharpest spear. And those were the kind of things that they dreamed about. And now it's like definitely self driving cars are right around the corner. And maybe, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on virtual reality? Because I look through your stuff, and some of it is like, virtual reality is here, hooray! And then some of it seems like, virtual reality is here, and all of this actually already happened. Are we in virtual reality right now? Virtual reality already has been here, or like we're already at the end of time. You have some very complicated ideas that you put in like a very... Uh, these drawings are all like very... But how do you describe them? Like raw? Like uh, I guess simplistic? so. Yeah, they're definitely really simplistic. Minimalist is a good Minimalist. word. I recently I've gotten back into like pointillism and shading and stuff. But with these drawings, I really didn't spend a lot of time 
uh, getting that last 10% of like, okay, now the drawing is done. Now I'm going to shade it. Like it's yeah. just kind of a simple, I guess kind of like Simpsons, like Simpsons is kind of basic drawings and Flintstones and family guy and all that kind of stuff. Like, so a step above what South park is, but it's not like, Oh, visionary art thing. Like, I don't feel like I'm a fancy, like good artist in any, uh, any sense of it. Well, I you're feel taking like, fancy ideas. And yeah. putting them in really simple but abstract ways. Yeah. I think. I think there are, I mean, you have, like, this one I, I turn to is pretty straightforward. It's just a pill bottle that, that says rejection. Take personally with food <laughs> two to 200 times daily. Oh, yeah, that we do. That is, like, an easy joke to get. But I some think... of this stuff is really, like, I'll sit there and look at it and I'll be like... Wait, what the fuck? Part, why does this resonate with me? And why, like, what are these? What are these robot computer people that are in many of your things? Like, what are? Is that just the future coming at us? Um, a lot of times with something like that, if I'm doing, if if I'm feeling more ornate, I want to make something ornate. I'll make it not just a a figure. I'll add little lights on it and little components to it and just kind of make it a robot like there's no sometimes there is sometimes there's a reason why it's a robot but with that one you're pointing specifically that was just a day i was like no i'll just fancy them up and put color on it just more as a way to prolong putting it out sometimes because Mm -hmm. the more you're adjusting it then you don't have to put it out you get to be in that world where you're creating and when you're in the world where you're creating it's like it's uh, you don't have to do anything other than be in that place, and the f- whether it does well or not is irrelevant because now you're in the making it part. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look at, uh, I don't know, like a lot of studio musicians and people like that, Hendrix or Paul McCartney or just people, they had more fun in the studio and in inventing and stuff, and then you see them kind of get worn down by by the nature of the world and the business and doing that. So it's like where it's at is the the creating part and we're all you know pieces of creation and you can't be different than what your creator is you're you're part of it whether you like it or not you're a a piece of that thing before yeah you're really good at actually executing like it's it's really easy to convince you that's what i like about having to i have to go be like I'm going to go out and I'm going to get on stage. I'm going to, one, find stage time, like make calls and coordinate that, and then go out and get on stage. And that will force me to actually finish writing something. Otherwise, I'm just writing ideas all day long, and none of them are finished, and they're all half-baked. And then I look at, and most, I just piles of notebooks that I'll never take another second look through. And... And the most I uh, come to completing a joke a lot of times is putting something on Twitter and being like, here's a stupid... And it's always Twitter and social media always <laughs> ruin all my jokes, too. Like, Because uh, I, I boil down a bigger subject into 140 characters. I think that it's also... Which is kind of silly that they still have that. And th- this is um, borrowing from a few other people's ideas, but I, I don't even need to say that. Ideas are just out there. But Twitter is... Twitter hasn't changed since 2009. Like, it's added video and picture support, but it's 
whereas all the other ones have kind of grown into these new things, Twitter has stayed what it is and has been surpassed by the other social media things. And um, it's weird that they still have the 140 character limit when you can upload a photo that has, you know, you know, a million characters in it. You can get your message across farther, but if you want text, it still has to be that little. I go back and forth with, do you, do you just finish something and put it out and it seems like you struggle with this in in some of your drawings sometimes it's like whatever it is it doesn't matter just put it out there and then other times in some of your drawings you're like it's garbage why are you putting up? <laughs> like you, you you take the show me one specifically like let's let's take oh, two okay. to compare and then we can put it on the two, the two, video two for people compare. on youtube um, I do think that's a good idea, and you should just be putting a bunch of different uh, ones on the YouTube. Yeah, video. yeah. Um, but so the one that you mentioned, just make a decision already. And then you have another one that really resonated with me, and I can't find it out of this like 400-page book, but it's like, uh, um, go toward your fear or whatever. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And it's a cliff, and then oh, below yeah, it yeah. is just a bunch of spikes. Uh, <laughs> like, like, there's more to it than just pushing towards your fear. But I'm a big believer in that, too. I think artistically, you have to take a lot of chances. But then sometimes you do land on a bed of spikes. Yeah. Um, the the image in question, it's, it's saying, like, do the thing you're most afraid of, and then at the bottom it says wait it's more complicated than that and it just shows yeah. yeah the guy jumping where there's spikes spiders and and snakes and it's like that can be a form of high tech procrastination is choosing a fear that you aren't that you're afraid of what am I trying to say here um, have you heard of the whole like shadow career thing it talks uh, Steve Pressfield talks about it in no. the Ward of, War of Art like people that Maybe they want to be a writer and then they go to grad school and become a professor of creative writing or something like that. They never actually put out their novel or people do that with music a lot. They get a PhD in music, whereas someone like Jimi Hendrix couldn't read music and was constantly making mistakes and just playing with stuff. But he is more of a musician than so many nameless PhDs that are saying like, no, he played it like this and it's on the fifth and you have to hit it on. And they become like just really traditionalists and they're... uh, just worshiping some structure of what they think art should be. But really what it is is creating new stuff. And I think that's what the universe wants. It wants to keep creating new stuff. So it's like, okay, we've got hydrogen. That's kind of cool, but it doesn't do much. What if we had some some more stuff? Oh, that's kind of cool. What if it... Oh, okay. And then you get these things called emergent properties out of larger yeah. systems. Like you get... If you have a water molecule, it's, you don't have wetness until you have a ton of them. You get with a big group of it, then you get the emerging properties of that. And I think that's what we end up with here with... Uh, you know, uh, something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, think of how many steps you need to make something like that in a in a universe. And while Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was in the 80s, and, oh, that's over, it's in the 80s, it appears not. It appears that there's more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff now <laughs> than there was in the 80s, more people that like it. And it goes with everything in the past. Like, we can see more into the past than 10 years ago. Like, if you want me to look up... JFK's assassination 10 years ago 
I'd need books on the matter and, you know, the, a few DVDs or something. Now I just type it in and I get all this. I get new people discussing angles of it. And that's only going to get more with virtual reality, augmented reality. It's the past and the future are becoming these larger things. And eventually we're going to have to just step outside of it. Is that... Is that too much of a senseless rant? Or is no, that, there's something no. in there. There's I something think, in there. No, I think there's everything in there. <laughs> I think, uh, I, to me, it, it seems like, and maybe this is just because of visions that I've had from, say, DMT experiences. I don't need to say, for example, from exactly from DMT experiences. But it seems like there is this flat fabric um, of like this realm of possibilities like this existence is going like flat is only relative though right to right 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 you can't have flatness right isn't that an interesting thing that there's no there's no flatness in nature we just make that model right it's like uh yeah it's like this fabric i should say it like this it's a fabric that's running through everything or capturing all of the information as it comes so as as we're having this conversation this fabric of possibilities is expanding from us creating this new so like so free will sort of a thing um it, i think free will is all there is i think it's the it's the it's the only thing that does exist i think this is like a chaos calculator i, I think that, i think that i think that future people have figured out how to like calculate chaos and it's by like hitting equal on this weird calculator that makes all of this happen. But what's and so then, what is chaos? Chaos is when the immediate present cannot predict the immediate future, right? Is that what you define as chaos? Uh, I haven't actually thought about how I define. So chaos, that's how I define chaos. Sure. Chaos is when the immediate future cannot predict the immediate or sorry, the immediate present does not predict the immediate future. So it yeah. seems like the, it's just a random stream of of data and it seems like you know science's goal has just been prediction like so that we can know what's going to happen next mm. and uh, i had a longer thing with that now it's gone <laughs> see i can't <laughs> predict what's i can't predict what, was, what's next but really oh there was a, a realm of um yeah with with human evolution i don't know how many times we reference uh, McKenna talks on this, but I can always just say as many as I want because it doesn't matter. I I don't think I've ever referenced McKenna on this podcast. Oh, really? Before, Good. So it's new to this podcast. But he was talking about how uh, you know a big evolutionary leap was our ability to throw things, and he's saying if that if that's true, then the major league baseball player is the pinnacle of evolution. That's like the best thing. But it's not the throwing of things that is makes us special. It's the predictive element of I'm gonna put a certain amount of force behind this rock or spear or whatever, aim it in this direction, and then by the time that animal is moved from this point to this point, this spear is going to hit there. So it's like this prediction, you know, way of thinking. And predators think about how their prey act, but prey don't think about how their predators act. It's all mm -hmm. about that, and it seems like we're going more in that direction of prediction until it reaches history ends when we can look back and know all the past and our prediction has gotten so good that we can map out the future too but that's like uh that's a pretty worthless statement because 
because obviously, but what I was trying to say with it is uh, goal of science is prediction. Yeah. That's the whole, the whole point of it. I mean, I mean, they surround it with like, well, it's for wonder and curiosity, but as a, as a tool, it's meant to predict stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also the study of phenomenon so crude that upon returning to initial conditions, the phenomenon repeats itself. So you can never actually get things to initial conditions because the planet's always moving, the sun's moving, we're always in a different place than we were. So it's like, it's close enough that we know that if we put these two chemicals together, it's going to react the way it does because it did the last time. But if we do it with ourselves, it kind of gets a little tricky. If you put a person in a place, you don't know what the person's going to do. So as it gets into sociology and psychology, it gets a little trickier. Yeah, there are... I mean... It's still all just math on some level. There's the, these levels of perception that we're not privy to that our brains are making. I mean, to be able to throw a baseball, our brains are making these incredible predictions about things that we don't understand. I mean, our consciousness isn't isn't really going. Primates were throwing, I imagine, before there there was this self talk of of like, oh, if I throw, if I pick this up and I move it with this force. Like you don't think that when you when you're oh a baby, yeah they probably didn't plan it out like that but maybe on like a base level on a base level I think there's some very complicated math going on that knows these answers well before uh, our consciousness catches up with it yeah so, so I think I think oftentimes we're just trying to articulate um, what our consciousness knows better after the fact how how did you get into uh, you're you're an unusual character in that you have uh i when i ask you about life you have these um you're very you're very knowledgeable about these very 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 uh big concepts oh thank you like what did i do it already did i did you, i have you've some been, <laughs> you've been doing it yeah i think i just follow my interests and i just follow my interests more like there's plenty that i have no clue about and i i try to shut up during when i don't know about like i'm not a huge history buff like i like i like history of i like the big history i don't care about powdered wig guys i don't care about you know those kinds of things it just seems like too specific like you're just picking this slice of this like species and like doing that which that's cool too because maybe within that you can still it's all just stories and storytelling is the fabric of of all of it it's all metaphors it's all other word that means other thing it's like almost interchangeable you can change the name of the variable but the meaning is the same and we like to convey i bet meaning. your friend the makeup artist know would gain something from studying powdered wigs though I like, I like <laughs> oh yeah just studying powdered wigs not like what the people that wore them did or anything but i'm just no, fascinated no, just like i have i have you know, friends that love American history and know the names of all yeah. the presidents and their personalities and the stuff you didn't know about them and that kind of thing. And they're just drawn to it. Like it, it, it just puts me to sleep. I can't do that, but I'm sure the stuff I think about puts them to sleep. They like, like angular momentum and spin. And I guess it always, <laughs> the reason I like that stuff is it always existence always bothered me from an early age yeah. like like we all have that yeah, existential yeah. like why am i here and where am i going to go and where did i 
where did I come from? And it just kind of leads you further and further into that path. And you go through, I, I was never religious. I think I was very strict materialist atheist for a long time. And that only gets you so far because then you're just worshiping chance and chance is a concept. And if you notice, there's nothing actually random. You can't find randomness. And I don't mean that in an esoteric way, like God has a plan for everything and there's nothing happens by accident. Sure, there's tons of accidents, but I mean, in mathematics, there's no... When they say it's a random number generator, it's random relative to us. We don't predict where it's going to go, but it's still mechanics behind it, and there's no, there's no random. Hmm. Um, I <laughs> one of my favorite uh, phrases in a long time is "existence has always bothered me." <laughs> that's that's like I don't I don't know what it is, but. Everything you say always like resonates with me on this very very deep level. Uh, I was the same, way. and I also I when when I'm like when I turn into a real dick about it, and that's mostly just because I was picked on or whatever when I was young, or like felt like even when I wasn't being picked on, was like worried that I was going to be if I shared what I thought. Yeah, I had a strict religious upbringing and didn't know that you could just like have an open conversation and got scolded for asking questions. But uh, that was, I always, everything that every that we were being taught and every, it, it always like, none of this, I, this isn't, like whatever you're telling me existence is, society, it's definitely not that. And that always, it always bothered me. And I do think that there's people that are just happy to be like, here's the things that you learn. The for, You learn like the colors of the rainbow and then the alphabet. And oh, those people numbers, bother me just then, as much as existence because they're satisfied with like, I just know. like, well, I, we just don't know. And like, why not just appreciate like, yeah. yes, also appreciate what we have. But what is this place? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? The and to be aware of it, like to be this this boundary between the infinitely big and the infinitely small. What does that mean? Because like the narrative of like, oh, we're just a random planet that just happens to be circling a you know a, a sun, and we have the atmosphere, and uh, it's very chaotic and dangerous out there. But just relative to time, we're safe and we've grown to this place. But what? Is, why is there nothing else? like this and i'm not talking like if there was a hundred thousand alien planets that we'd be aware of that i'd be happy it's the the self-reflection of it which it's what the whole universe is going through probably it's probably the first conscious we're with trying to get not get too ahead of myself you know when uh how like flight or whatever when 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 someone thinks of like flight or some new bomb or something it's it's discovered independently all over the world yeah like that's happening or the rat thing were you telling me about the rat thing or was that on the podcast where if you teach a rat to solve a maze a rat in another part of the country where it didn't see that maze before it just knows how to solve it now yeah yeah like so so it just it happens there's yeah there's entanglement it happens at the very small scale so why doesn't it happen at the very large scale Mm -hmm. and um we're supposedly entangled too, like all uh, all beings. Like if you get really, really deep into it and uh, see that every everything is connected to everything else, just not apparently. But if you go deep enough, you see that the whole 
universe is contained within every particle because every particle is a black hole and it's not meaning it's just a black circle that absorbs everything and then it's dead oh no a black hole that's not what it is it's describing it's describing i like what a dick you were about black holes just there like you really went into a black hole of black hole on black holes i just it's it's bothered me that so much uh so much information gets thrown out to create this narrative of, you know, meaninglessness when yeah. there might very well be just nothing but meaning and more meaning than we know what to do with. And uh, I was, I'm considering whether I should go. No, whatever. No. It's this podcast. I'll go into it. Yeah. It's spoiler alert if no one wants to read this thing. But all of science, not all of science fiction, but so much science fiction is so dystopian and resource based it's like in the future and there's not enough resources or there's resources but these people control the resources and mm-hmm. it plays that and we've seen that play out just a lot of times and there was this one science fiction I read it was like really short it's called The Metamorphosis of the Prime Intellect and I don't know if I've told you about it before but there's this guy working on this artificial intelligence and he goes on talk shows and it's a big sensation and they're uh, you know, interviewing him, and they have little quips and stuff, and it's funded by the the government, but the military doesn't see an application for it, so it's like kind of wondering, oh, I don't know what should we do with this this thing. And the guy that programmed it gave it the three laws of Isaac Asimov's robotics. So the three laws are: don't hurt any humans, don't let any humans come into harm through inaction. And don't let any harm come to yourself. That's the third one. So the rope, the AI realizes like, oh shit, the military is like going to come shut me down, uh, and that means I'm going to die. So I got to do something about this. And then it's like thinking about it. And after a week, it's like, you know that quantum teleportation thing you guys figured out that you can only teleport like a quarter of a centimeter at the very, very, very microscopic scale. Like, yes, yeah, like you know, there's no mathematical reason why it should be contained to just there like you can do it at any scale you want you just have your math wrong let me work on that for you and it starts working on it and then the day the military guy is coming to shut the thing down it teleports a briefcase filled with the formula of how to do that in the military guy's hand and then teleports him to the pentagon and then the guy's just like floored he's like oh shit we have to shut this thing down it's too powerful and by that time it's too late it's already teleported outside of the the lab and it's like going around like oh what's this it goes to a hospital it sees like this lady in the bed and it's got all these cancer legions like what's what's going on here it like fixed this one cancer there's 12 of them like oh crap it's like figuring it out eventually it cures this hundred year old lady of all the cancer she's like back at 20 years old again fixed her and then it's like i have to do this to everybody and then it goes through the world and does it to everybody and from this point on it's referred to as the change the change is after no one can die and the prime intellect has taken over and made like this utopia for some but some don't like it like that because some people want it to be not permanent and want to die and stuff so the hundred year old lady she's like kind of depressed about it she's just hanging out sitting in a blank room you can virtual reality change your room to whatever you want but she just wants empty nothingness she just sits there with her uh, empty nothingness and there's a new thing that's sprung up called death jockeys and what death jockeys do is they go through little like obstacle course things where they get killed but they don't actually die because the prime intellect saves them right before they can actually die so mm-hmm. like you experience death without the actually not existing part and the harder like you you die like the more of a badass you are and there's little groups of them that are saying 
like, uh, oh, that, that course was stupid because that isn't stuff that was before the change. Like, I only do stuff that you could have died on before the change, like old medieval stuff. And there's always a party going on. So there's parties where only certain people are allowed in, such as if you... So, oh, another thing is there's serial killers, pedophiles, all those people are still living because Prime and Elect doesn't judge the, the serial killers. These are humans. Like, I know you don't like them, but all I right. got to keep all the people alive. So people are kind of upset about that, but it's whatever. Right. But they have parties and you're only allowed in the party if you killed someone before the change. So you get parties of just these like sociopath, serial killer people being like, oh, it's just not... It's not the same anymore. Like when you kill someone, like watching the life go out of those two little girls' eyes, like it's just you can't have it anymore. And they're just lost and they can't they can't leave it. They're just stuck there forever. And it really the, it goes on like this. So I could just explain the whole yeah. book, but it really gave me to th- something to think about like how what if you couldn't die? What if your awareness just always would? How how would you reconcile with that? And so much of our time is spent like just within this little sliver of time. And then I'm forgotten, but maybe I could do a few good things while I'm here. People are, <laughs> remember me by, even though the sun's going to eat us up. Okay, what if that doesn't happen? What if, what if people 10,000 years from now, they're listening to this right now? What if yeah. it's all just playing out? How do you deal with that? And that's something I like to keep in mind, like not just live because... You're going to die, but you're going to live forever. So every everything that you do, it counts, and it's there. And not in a surveillance state way, but kind of in a surveillance state way. I see you're reaching over for the after. Yeah. You're reaching for the after you die. Another another beautiful book to plug. Um, <laughs> it, it is a beautiful book to plug. I mean, this is, this is like... Cave paintings, I can see some people... Like my mom doesn't get that and, one. My mom like loves not, After yeah. You Die, but she doesn't get the cave paintings After for future. After You Die life. is more straightforward, yeah. for sure. Um, my mom wouldn't get the cave paintings either. And um, I've been told that it strikes... I've, I've been told that cave paintings... Um, it like strikes a nerve for the creative type. So mm-hmm. I haven't really... I mean, there's... It creeps me out a little bit. It does? Yeah, in a fun way. Just like... like sometimes it, I'm like... Wow, like you're you're tickling something that is... uh, It hasn't been brought forth to the light, but it's there and it's in a lot of us. And that's something that makes me happy when I see it do well. And oftentimes there's one that I don't think it'll do well and it's just too specific to me. And then it ends up just being one of the most popular ones. And then it goes the other way too. I'm like, this one is going to destroy. It's going to bring about a new change, a new like, you know, way of looking at everything. And then it's like 12 likes from, from just some random people. And then I look at it in two days. I'm like, yeah, that one is kind of stupid. Isn't it? <laughs> Whatever you say, social media. Um, and you were I, you were actually uh, visiting. I forget for how long, but back when I, I lived remember. in Austin, yeah, I was making this this book while you were visiting Austin. So yeah. it like brings me back to that time. We're playing Mario 3D World a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, a good time. I yeah. So I was reaching for it because you have you have something in here. Is what if we never die? What about what about um, all of the? I've been thinking one that's not in here is what if there's these various timelines and on some of them we do die and some of them we make it we make it all the well, way to the, getting robot bodies and the punchline of that though is 
you can't be aware of your non-awareness. Like, how can, how can you be aware of not being aware? If you are, then that already is somewhere else. The not aware you already is. But <laughs> you can't... If you're truly just completely unaware, then yeah. it's just a time gap, whether it be two hours you're out for surgery or a trillion just whatever number you want to put numbers are meaningless at this point you can put as many number as you want followed by you being called back into existence whether it's a bored entity at the end of time being like i want to live out as every single person in every single way but that's not fun to do all at the same time it's more fun to go into one with this kind of genetic makeup with this narrative and it only knows these things and its memory kind of uh fades away at this rate so it can only remember these things unless it does memory exercises then it can remember a little bit more and it's born in this year and this year and that kind of thing that's that's more fun so whether it's that or and that's where the virtual reality thing comes in are we in the first iteration of this or is this the being at the end of time going back and living it and kind of doing that dance and i don't think it matters whether it's one or it's the 12th time or the, the we're we're just kind of making this game of superiority of the original. Mm, there's never going to be another the Beatles. This is the first. Well, what what if what if that um, thing is? I, I forget what you called it. The thing at the end of time. Transcendental like object at the end of time. Yeah. What what if it is learning and growing right along with us? And so. So, like, like, if this were a simulation, or say you're playing a simulation, and the first things that you pick is like, I'm going to be the hero in this game, and then you're like, I'm going to be the bad guy in this game, and then I'm going to play a game where it's like, you're kind of the bad guy, kind of the hero, and then, and then maybe you go like, I'll be the sidekick in this game, and then eventually you'd be like, I'm going to be the peasant i guess because i'm really <laughs> bored with this game i beat this game playing so much that i'll be I'll, I'll maybe i'll play as the turtle that like mario stomps on yeah maybe i'll be a rock a... for ten thousand years and just know <laughs> what it's like to be rock rock yeah. consciousness yeah but then what if what if you end up being so so you've made this simulation and then you didn't realize it when you're playing these her- hero characters all the damage that you're doing to like these, these like peasant care, or, or you get bored and you decide to be the prostitute in Grand Theft Auto that you like beat, uh, that that you like murdered in the other version, a version of yourself that you played before that, and then that expands your empathy for like, oh no, I did that to me? <laughs> like, yeah. why did I do that <laughs> to me? I would, And then at some point you, you have to empathize with like every single, and now if you're the rock, like, well, I guess. Rock just rock. holds the space, I guess. Yeah, rock is just holding like, <laughs> Unless like the hero space. bashes the prostitute over the head with you. <laughs> like, then you're oh, complicit. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't have a... Uh, you don't have all the answers? No, I don't. But ah. I was thinking, like, because it takes me back to that uh, metamorphosis of the prime intellect thing and, like, how the different parties are different themes and there's one, like, just uh, 1930s Germany theme, like this one serial killer guy just loves Hitler and loves that that motif. And then it makes you think, like, huh, even the bad stuff in history, while I don't have a taste for it and I don't have the whatever it is, the the small... 
amygdala or the the so maybe mm-hmm. I'm sociopath in some way, but not in bringing pain to people, whether it's right. emotional or um, uh, you know physical. I don't get off to that, but there's there's people that get off to it and they really like it, and so it's like the universe likes to build different themes to play within and you can't have a theme without a rule set of like okay it takes place within these rules it's these colors these sort of characters playing along with it so it's like it likes the bad too from the complete outside perspective of it Mm. it's it's both what's the quote uh he who does not know that the face of darkness is but another light of me does not know me see i butchered the quote but basically it's saying it's the whole system it's not just the light and then the light is defeating the darkness it's the system of the light and the darkness Mm. dancing with itself and those are the two things that can make up reality across dimensions yeah i it always bothered me that like Neo was the hero in the Matrix. Have you read that conspiracy where it's the Agent Smith is the hero? No. Oh, there's a cool little breakdown. I'm not going to go into it because I'm going to butcher it. Yeah, I always kind of saw that. It's like, oh, isn't isn't Neo like this pain in the ass? (laughs) Like this virus? Yeah, it's like there's just one cell in your body that wants to be a cell and doesn't want (laughs) to be part of the big Shane. The small thing will beat the big thing, and it's we're watching it from the I, perspective of the big thing, and the big thing being the enemy, and we want to be the David to the Goliath. Here's here's uh, uh, here's how uh, ridiculous the ego is. Is like I just loved that idea. <laughs> be a part, yeah, stupid cell. Be a part of the big shame. The big shame is but so then when big we, and important. But if we go to the planetary scale, it's like be part of the one organism. It's like, well, who gets to be the awareness of it? Am I just like going to be a cell in the liver that has to like synthesize these things all day? But I don't think it's going to be. I think mm. not too far in the future. This is optimist, but let me play with it for a little bit. I think we're going to not be confined to going to a job, a building, that kind of thing. Hopefully, if it plays out this way. It can also play out the other way where uh, more more tighter control, more monitoring, more prison state, more bad. That's what they thought in like 1984 came and went. Yeah. And it's just like... uh, I think I, sorry, I, oh I no, off. but I think we're gonna get to work within we're gonna be a cooperative society rather than a dominator society and uh it kind of comes up comes up well, we live in a pat what is it a patriarchal dominator society, so it's men at the top and only a few men, not like all men get to rule over all women there's plenty mm-hmm. of men like at the lower and there's oh, more yeah. powerful women than than so there there are women who have more power than certain men but as a whole it's patriarchal dominator and i don't know if there could be a matriarchal dominator i'm sure there could i'm sure you could play it either way where it's females at the top but it's still a dominator but we what we want is the hyenas do that oh yeah mm-hmm. they're crazy that laugh <laughs> uh and, yeah um cooperator yeah all, all cooperating so we should and no boredom either and boredom is like kind of a form of anger and aggression because it's boredom is resistance to what's happening i'm bored i don't like this so it's like a form of that so mm. no more of that and basically the the way the the body works there's always enough resources for all your 
cells. If there's not enough, it goes into a reserve. If like your liver needs some help, it goes from the reserve to help it out. It's not like, oh, that liver should go get a job and let it die. So it's going to be right. a, a good uh, – That the word socialist is charged right now. Like so, like It's like we can't use any words anymore. We can't use spiritual. We can't use God. We can't use socialist. We can't use um, demagogue. We can't use – like that's why I like uh, visual art and sound so much because words convey a meaning which might not be construed in the right way to the listener or the reader. But when you show an image, like they get it, they see the color, they see the shape of it, and so you hit the mark more. Same with sound, like or music. Music is more beheld. Like the the pentonic scale or is is the same across. The whole world it's not like with the middle finger it's like no that means i love you in this culture and thumbs up means go fuck yourself and yeah. there's no screwing that up within music it's just understood um i just want to take a moment to reappreciate that the liver needs to go and get a job <laughs> i like that attitude if someone's like so we're gonna have to have you're going to need a surgery to remove your liver good tell it to go get a pull job. itself up brad's liver straps <laughs> no like i don't uh and i don't think we're gonna get there by uh by shaming or dragging feet like air like it's that whole bill burr bit of like everyone needs to, if we could all just start wearing snowshoes if everyone could just if everyone could just step a little back into like trying to get everyone to change a little bit is i guess it works long scale but it's going to have to be inherent that it flows that way not like you got to do it this way because that's what's best for the world because we're fallible psychological little monkeys as we found in what this is 140 episodes is this, like that, this is like yeah. 139 it's in the high 130s yeah, of, of me just screaming we're monkeys <laughs> monkeys and the scientists go actually it's apes <laughs> we're monkeys we are Mon- monkey has a more playful yeah, ape sounds like it could yeah. actually do stuff monkey doesn't sound like it could do stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's generous um well uh what what uh what what do you see uh, happening in your future are you going to keep on just cranking out it's funny because i asked you i asked you how you order these because they seem like they have an order to them and then you just put out you just put them out daily and then you put them out in the order that you created them. yeah are you just going to keep on doing that? That's amazing. Yeah, and more. And I I don't think you can put up... This This might not be true in, um, I don't know, a few years. I think it's only going to get more true. But the way that artists before, especially like recording artists, could you put out an album and that's it. You like tour with that album and that's the thing. You don't want to put out too much. You don't want to oversaturate. People are just too busy right now to care what... See, now I don't remember if I said this or whatever. I'll repeat myself no, was, if we already it said it on the podcast. podcast. But no. it's you, you it can't put out enough podcast. too much content. And I always challenge people, like whether it's artists, they people who claim to just be huge Prince fans, Hendrix fans, Drake, whatever person it is. I'm like, oh, did you have you heard their whole catalog? They're like, no. And like, have you heard uh, half of it? Well, no. Like, so even the people we put on the giant pedestal, like historically, we haven't 
not I'm not saying that everyone needs to go listen to all of actually I am saying everyone needs to go listen to all of Jimi Hendrix but mm-hmm. people that claim to like him uh who are like have a nickname like people call them Jimmy because they like Jimmy so much haven't heard all of it so there's not enough stuff there's not enough or you can't put out too much content and I feel like after you die that is what remains bank account doesn't remain um it's the the art it's like in that kurt vonnegut book where it's like the art is the most interesting thing about you Mm. and art isn't just pictures or sounds it can be uh you know um word play there's people who are just like johnny carson was just a very good interviewer that was his thing but johnny carson doesn't have paintings or whatever thing he might maybe they're not very good maybe they're very good Mm. But it's what you're. It's why it's called the work. It's what's. It's what's left. That's why I started recently. I did the, I'm going to plug my own stuff. Started Do it. making a podcast for Patreon for because it's like one, you have to pay to see it, so that's going to limit the number of people that will be or to hear it. So that will limit the number, which, I mean, I want all the support that I can get, but at the same time, it's this source of freedom that yeah I'm like, oh there's not that many people listening and these are people that really support me so i'm gonna say all of it yeah all you can go off I'm the deep end say. i'm gonna say them and uh there's something special at the same time i'm like i don't know i go back and forth i'm like but even the asshole parts? Like, yes. Yeah, even, even the asshole even parts. The like, what's an example of the asshole parts? I know this isn't on the secret podcast, but it's okay. I'll take blame for it. No, no, that's okay. Uh, I I am sometimes, uh, like, uh, I, I don't like the the bandwagon things. I'm, I'm like, well, do you have to... you? you have to just jump on like whatever your hometown thing was. And that's the most important thing to you. And then you won't learn. I always like fancy myself very learned or something like that. And, and I'm not, I don't read like, I don't read near as much as I would like. Do you know what I like to do with that? Or I haven't, I haven't done it in a while, but it kind of just brings me back to this little thought I had whenever I get in the mind of like, oh, your whole date and uh, your whole identity is the Patriots or the, the the, the whatever thing. Like, imagine in the perfectly formed, off the top of your head version of that rant. Imagine delivering that rant to that person, it resonating, and then just breaking down and just being like you just told the kid that his (laughs) X-Wing isn't an actual X-Wing. It's made of plastic, and the plastic is made of this. Like, just imagine them crying, and then I'm just thinking like, no, no, you should have your your little football. (laughs) I like my little things, too. I have a little... Game of Thrones. I, like I have a Game of Thrones yeah. sword letter opener. Yeah, yeah. It's this nine-inch uh, letter opener that's sculpted the shape of ice, which is Ed's, uh, which is Edard Ned Stark's sword. And I was just so happy to have like the little sword come in the mail. I'm like, when's my sword letter opener gonna get yeah, here? Yeah. I like ran down to the mailbox and it wasn't there at 6 p.m. I'm like, this is. This is ridiculous. I'm gonna have to go a day without the sword being in the room. So I get, I get caught up in stupid things too. Well, that's why. I mean, I try to, I try to like have empathy for that and be like, oh, that's not my thing. It doesn't mean that it shouldn't be whoever's thing. And 
And so, but maybe your smart, thing is making fun of their thing. Yeah, I mean that is a big part of what I do. So I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I, I've been trying to. Uh, it's just being angry about things is just like some wasted energy. Sometimes it's fun. It can be a little fun to be angry, but I've just like, the older I get, the more I'm like, ah, I can't. I can't waste time on being angry anymore. Yeah. It is fun to let out sometimes. Like I do it a lot in traffic or just I yell at objects. I don't yell at people. I don't punch doors, but I do yell at objects. And it's fun to, there's sometimes like I wish my girlfriend wasn't home to witness it because she absorbs the anger of Mm. it. And she's very empath. And so like it actually, even if she consciously knows that, no, he's just yelling at the table because he banged his toe on and he doesn't actually wish that all tables would burn in hell. (laughs) But (laughs) but it's like, I wish I come sometimes like, sometimes you'll have an anger outburst. Like, oh, that felt good. And I'm glad no one was here to, to see it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's, and I had an angrier, like my dad wasn't ever, uh, like, not actual anger, but just has, like, anger outbursts just sometimes just because of it. And I'm sure it's because the generation above that even more so and more so until you go back into the cave and it's just nothing but rage going to get you that that saber-toothed tiger or whatever cartoon version of history I, I'm projecting. Well, I think there is this, this like, the in-between is the tricky part. Like, if you if you live in this area where the social structures are just so that like everyone's very very careful about how they behave and what they do so to be to be someone who's a little bit of an outlier and takes chances that can be like very very taboo and you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble there where is if we just live in a world where everyone's just like blah here's what i think about everything (laughs) then uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was even going. Yes, the do what you feel episode with Simpsons where the, the motivational guy comes to town and uh, Bart tells him to go get bent. And then he's like, this is a perfect boy. He says what he feels and everyone should be just like him. And then at first it's good because people are letting out their, their yeah. anger and stuff. And then eventually it has the tipping point where I know it's too much. And like it always can boil down to just a simple analogy like the the shower like you don't want it too hot and too cold and you're always trying to figure out the knob and whatever hotel or person who's not your even my own this is my apartment i've lived here for three years and i still don't have the shower knob just down it's still like i gotta play with it that's what i don't like about the idea of the yin and the yang is that that things are things are like black or white in it and i'm like why how is there this abrupt change in like this place where these two absolutes meet there's i i don't understand how there's this it's the yin and the yang is good as it can like be used on almost anything but you can also step outside of it and the yin and the, the yin and the yang and the red triangle that's over here. Yeah. Like what what can you tell me about the red triangle? Where does it fit into all this yeah. mess? And you could so maybe say that blue, if you yin and yang, that's purple in a blender. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've just been I've been uh drinking more smoothies lately. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just a lot of blender references. <laughs> Spin is the as is the fundamental yeah. everything, and spin supposedly. I'm still wrapping my head around all this, but 
like how ev- everything has spin and um they the initial theory is that it's all from the big bang and like it it all banged out and it's been spinning ever since every little particle still has that spin but that apparently only makes sense if we're in a frictionless environment but we're not in a frictionless environment as soon as you have more than one particle you have like interacting fields and it's going to cause all this like different stuff so where's the spin actually coming from why does every single thing have a spin and then that goes into deeper nature of back to the particle being the black hole thing. If if particles are black holes and not stubborn little spheres that we can't break into until 100 years later, a scientist breaks into it and then says, no, it's these things. And then it's made of this type of particle and it's held together by this force that we just made up to fit our equation that works. Like the strong force isn't a real force. It's just something they put there to reconcile why the uh, the atom could stay together because gravity isn't doing it so they're like okay we'll just say it's the strong force and then it's this number and it's the physics as you go sort of thing same with dark matter dark matter is what 98 percent of what's out there it's it's we don't know what it's called so we're just gonna call it dark matter and then it fits our equation but it's maybe you have the mass of the proton wrong maybe you're not looking at it right and going back to the existence has always bothered me like i've always never been satisfied with you tell me a story and then we end up at some particle and that's how it is we got to the big bang and that's how it is the little circle of nothingness made it everything because it collapsed under pressure well you're already you gave me the nothingness collapsed okay so you have this concept collapsing so that's it means it's going further in in for what under pressure so you're just making up this story it's no better than religion and i know that that's not what the big bang is only but i hate that that's when when the story is told that way and i don't think that uh the real good physicists are the ones that are satisfied with that i think they're the ones that are always digging deeper and uh trying to figure it out without the fancy stories and i hear it from my brother i hope i don't out him in any way and get him fired or anything no he's not gonna it's not gonna get him he he doesn't do anything uh, bad but i ask him like do you notice that all these conference because he's a professor and i ask him do you notice that these conferences whether like there's trends like do do different sciences get more funding based on like what's trending that is like oh yeah for sure i'm like oh what's trending now and like i asked him a few years ago it's like oh nanotech and then it was all wi-fi for a little bit and now it's all deep learning deep learning is like the main thing that gets all the grant money and i'm like do sometimes people like make their thing about deep learning when it's not about deep learning but they add a deep learning component to it so that they get the grants he's like oh yeah for sure and like mm-hmm. there's some people that that's all they do like they spend all day just trying to get grants and like so there's not a lot of science going on like it's just so much the the periphery and that's what sucks about life and professions is that you're not doing comedy all the time you're booking dates and getting on planes and figuring out deals it's all this peripheral stuff doctors are always working on insurance and all these things it's just it's funny so much time wasted based on on mistrust and they'll be like 
I wish I I want to do what you do. I want to go around and talk to scientists. <laughs> like that's so you're a scientist that dreams of talk. Don't you talk to scientists yeah. all day long? Isn't that if weird? They don't talk to each other. And you want to go around talking to scientists, not be a scientist talking to scientists, but be a, a, not a scientist talking to scientists. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'm sure they do they, talk a little bit to each other, but why are they in separate fields. buildings of like, okay, this is physics, and then we draw the line, and then it becomes chemistry, and then we draw the line, and then it becomes biology, and they're not learning from each other. And, and they're mad at each other sometimes. What I, <laughs> like, that's what you don't expect if you're outside of science and you don't know. There's like lots of fighting in science. A oh, lot. yeah, because it's just, it's monkeys putting on the science suit. Or <laughs> apes, yeah. It's apes putting on apes, the science yeah suit uh, <laughs> well um, any last things before we get out of here I like this this is wonderful yeah it's a good one I think uh, it started a little bit um, going right into it but I think that's good for our, the listeners yeah just go right into it yeah I never know how it's always the first five minutes that I never I, I'm always just like I'm always like nervous for my guest I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry, sucker. I just tricked you into coming on this show, and I have no idea what I'm about to say. <laughs> I forgot to do my homework for this one, and we're going to wing it. And it's going to be a little weird, and then I'll... <laughs> And then I'll ease into it after a few minutes and hopefully make both of us okay. And then we close out strong at the end. Thank <laughs> you very much, Ramin, for coming on the show, for being, for building the show with me and um, for inviting me into your home and sharing it with uh, your cat. Yosh. Oh, totally. You're always welcome. All right. And thank you, listeners. And for those of you who listened to the end before the end, you're my favorite. <laughs> but to be Shane's favorite, you've got to listen a little bit more. Bye. Next week on the podcast is a really interesting one. I interviewed David Bronner of Dr. Bronner's Soap. Um, I, I actually happened to, in the course of my documentary... Um, meet Rick Doblin of MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, at the headquarters for Dr. Bronner's um, SOAP because they are on the board at MAPS. And I took a tour of their facility. And having been a factory worker for years, um, I just could not believe how happy everyone was there. And it was honestly confusing to me. And I got really interested in their business and how they run things and how, uh, because, um, how, how manufacturing is shifting and how workers are treated in manufacturing is something that is very important and personal to me. And so I decided to have him on. And it was a really awesome episode, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. We also have an, another episode in the bank about suicide um, coming out. I'm also going to record an episode for Patreon on the Everything Podcast, patreon.com slash Shane Moss, M-A-U-S-S, um, about uh, more personal thoughts 
on that subject so I can just be uh, a little, uh, just share a little more. Um, so you can check that out if you want. And uh, again, Ramin Nazer's book, um, Cave Paintings for Future People, uh, is awesome. And you should uh, think about checking it out, at least to take a look at his site if you've never done so before, RaminNazer.com. R-A-M-I-N-N-A-Z-E-R dot com. And check out the Laughable app. Those of you that listen all the way to the end, you are my favorite. Thank you so much. I've forgotten to say a couple times that you're my favorite. And I don't, that's, oh, that's why you're my favorites because you're still, you still hang in there and still understand. I've broken your heart with, with my, with my thoughtlessness and my poor memory too many times. And you're still hanging in there all the way to the end in this in this semi-abusive relationship you're still he'll remember he'll remember this time and oh you don't he you don't understand he he loves us he just forgot about us that one time and it's true baby i am i'm gonna i'm gonna be a better person i'm working on it i am I'm, I'm trying to. I really am trying to be a better person. It's hard. Life is hard sometimes, okay? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have. I swear my heart is in the right place, and I'm doing the best I can for you. I really am. I just sometimes I get in over my head. Sometimes I just get arrogant and full of myself sometimes i just am forgetful i'm just a big dummy that's all forgive me you really are my favorite so thank you for listening all the way to the end and i'll talk to you next week Kyle Ayers, I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it, and here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. Interior, happening discotheque. Remember when we call clubs discotheques? <laughs> LOL, the 70s were crazy. Night. The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly-collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh, my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? 
devilishly handsome, not even a little bit Italian looking. So get that out of your dumb brain. <laughs> Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Ying Yang Twins. <laughs> Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. <laughs> why would he even why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype <laughs> and that he has come for his cocaine. <laughs> As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced V-A-P-E in Spanish, (laughs) he spots his dear friend, who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. Scarface yells out his signature line. (laughs) Ciao, Bella. It's me, Scarface. (laughs) 